Well, it's to be liberal, to be generous. You know, he says, he scattered abroad, verse 9, he gave to the poor. You think about it. They didn't sow with planters. Planters are cool. I guess that's what you call them anymore. I don't even know. I haven't done farming work in a long time, like 40 years. But, you know, they, they put those seeds right there in that row. You know, right, kind of dispersed about the right spacing and all that. As opposed to sowing the seed like they did. You know, just scattering it out. You know, because you sow the seed like that, and it's kind of wasteful. You gotta just, you know, and you want to sow a lot. So you just kind of waste that seed, you throw it all on the ground. Well, that's, that's the idea. That's what God wants. He wants us to squander our resources, just give it. Just, uh, scatter abroad, give to the poor. But then his righteousness endures forever. Because God's going to supply him with the resources to continue it. So, we really need to think about the blessing of giving. That that's a wonderful opportunity for us. We we are thrilled to be able to do that. I, I, so, you think about, there are people who abuse this with like this health and wealth gospel idea. You know, you sow it, God will grow it. And the more you give, I mean, you know, I remember years ago, and I've seen this over and over again since then, but I got this uh, deal in the mail. Uh, back about 83, Gene Ewing's Church by Mail. It was one of these colorful things all over the envelope, different colors, different styles of, you know, fonts and, you know, one thing or another. And, and I mean, it was all, I mean, you could, I think you, you would write in and you got your golden prosperity cross. And I did. And I got it. And, you know, when it came with all these brochures and one thing or another, you know, I gave to Gene Ewing Church by mail, and I got, you know, a new apartment, I got, you know, this, that, the other thing, and wow, and it's just, and all of it in various colors and, you know, fonts and whatever. And, uh, you know, and so then it just started around. You know, I didn't ever send anything more back. But but the next time I turned around, I got the holy anointing one. Yeah, it was a little package. It was like the, the cooking, not the motor drive. And, uh, of that oil. And, uh, it said, now take your billfold out and anoint every bill in your billfold with this holy anointing oil. And then take the biggest one and send it to the church by mail. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like the, this holy seed offering that it's, it's going to give you more. And then I got the Jesus Eyes prayer rug, and I don't know, I got all kinds of stuff. And uh, made a sermon or two out of that. But uh, and I, it's, it's marketed by some other people. There must be a, some kind of wholesale outlet that sends this to different folks, because I've seen it in other, in other things. But, but that's not the idea. You know, it's not the idea of, here's how I can get rich for me. It's here, here is sowing to be able to give. And, uh, you know, it's not an appeal to greed. Now, think about Ephesians 4. I really like this passage. You probably thought about it before in this connection. But Ephesians 4.28, He who steals must steal no longer. Good advice, right? But rather he must labor, performing with his own hands what is good, so that he will be able to eat his own bread, not have to steal it. Not what it says, is it? That's what I just said. You know, hey, quit stealing, work, and you'll have enough money to provide for yourself. Now you won't have to steal. That's not what he says. 
He who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor, performing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with one who has need. What's the blessing of working I can give? Is that the way you think about it? Man, I got a job that I'll be able to give. Now I'll be able to share. I got a raise. Now I can share more. Now I can help more people. That's kind of an interesting way to look. So he goes from taking things to giving things. That's the idea of the put off and the put on. You know, he was a taker, now he's a giver. If we just looked at our resources in terms of what we can do with them, and I think Austin made the point a while back, you know, we're not just talking about money, it applies to other things. The more we receive, the more we want to give. The one way to share. Uh, I get an extra vacation I didn't know about. I get retirement. So I give more time, I can serve more, I can help more. You know, in whatever situation, the more blessed I am, then the more I can help. The more I can use it for the Lord and His people. Now notice, here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, that uh, he talks in verse 7 about doing this as he purposed in his heart. So it's like plan. It's, it's a purposeful thing. And it's voluntary. You know, it's not grudging or under compulsion. Not feeling like I'm just being pressured into this. That would kind of defeat the whole purpose. So he doesn't want the contributions made reluctantly. Um, you know, and, but God loves a cheerful giver. Now sometimes we pervert that one. Well, I'm a whole lot more cheerful when I'm giving less. You know, so that's all God cares about. Just to be happy about it. That's not the idea. He loves a cheerful giver, not a cheerful keeper. Uh, he wants us to want to give and to want to share and to want to be generous. And isn't Jesus our model? You know, he gave, he was a giving Jesus. And we want to be like he is. And he's given so much to us, we can't wait to share with others what he's given to us. Thoughts and comments? Jason. As far as this idea about God will use you more if you give more initially, I mean, we that makes sense to us because, I mean, if, if I was a basketball coach and there were like five seconds left in the game and we were down by one, I would want my best player who has a track record of handling the ball well, of making baskets well, I, I would want them to be in charge with, you're going to get the ball. You are going to have this. Now, so... God will, you know, use us. We will be tested in the way that we use our money and our resources. And so, if, if we approve worthy, then God will use us for greater things. Yeah, Amen. Yeah, God tests us by what we do with what we've got to be able to use this for more. Yes, Amen. Winston. So he's asking about the widow's might. Is that an example? I think in the context, the widow's might is an example of how this system exploited the widows. They were devouring the widows' houses. I think he's saying, isn't this a shame? She's been forced to give everything. And the rich people get practically nothing by comparison. You know, and so I think he's lamenting the devouring of the widows' houses by using her as an illustration. But I do think God wants us to be generous. Awesome. 
give maybe not, but <laughs> some practical examples of this. You know, I, I have two cars. I have post pain on the back of my door that you know are falling out. I, I have a lot of blessings in this life, and I I feel like at times I give, but I think I can give more. And so, how practically as Americans can we we give more? You know, we hear give until it hurts. Well, that that's not really what God's asking for. I don't think. I, I think you know it, it is this a heart and generosity, but. Okay, practical applications. Well, you know, a lot depends on loving what God loves. So, you know, when I really care about my brethren, and I really love them, then I seek opportunities to bless them. And if financial resources would help in that, then I seek ways to use those. Because I love them. And I see other people in need in various ways. And I care about them. I have compassion for them. So I seek for ways to help them. And some of those ways may involve money. Some of them may not. I I, I see people needing to hear the gospel. And I see ways of, of being generous. In ways that will help more people hear. And so I want that. I, I, I love the Lord's work. You know, I mean, one of the things that, that we've done here a little bit and that I've worked with, I, I'm, I have some reservations, as I suggested, with um, like um, Americans recommending preachers in other countries and then churches is giving to the recommended preachers. But one of the things that I've tried to do is to provide the means for some Christians to come to studies in Brazil in a kind of a central location. That's like a camp like this. Only everybody stays together in the same place. And, and providing some resources for that so the brethren can come together. It doesn't have anything to do with their eating or with their livelihood. It doesn't make dependence out of them, but it gives them that opportunity. And brethren have been super generous in, in giving for those kinds of things. I think that as we, as we care about people, we care about the Lord and His work. We care about our brethren. That the Lord will not only bless us with resources, I think He'll bless us with open doors and opportunities. And different things that we see. That, you know, this would be helpful. I mean, you know, there may be times even in small ways. You know, that you see a family with uh, some small children. That would be really helpful if you could take them out, take the children for a few hours, and take them, you know, to Dairy Queen or whatever. Or just, you know, there's all kinds of, even small things, that when we really care about people and we're looking for opportunities, we see ways to serve and we just invest ourselves in those. I don't know if that's exactly what you're looking for, but that's what came to my mind. Other thoughts? Yes. Yes. Well, you know, sometimes, he said it's helpful to be open and honest about our own needs. You know, sometimes it's hard for us to want to let anybody know about our needs because I just really want to be self-sufficient and I don't want anybody to think of me as being in need of anything. You know, I can handle everything on my own. 
we feel better about ourselves that way. And I think it's helpful to recognize that God wants us to be interdependent. That each member caring for the others and us all working together is a part of what God wants. He doesn't really want me being able to just handle everything on my own in every way. Whether I'm talking about financially or other things, I am dependent. And that really messes with our ego. But we need that messed with. Right. Yeah, uh, I mean, it looks to me like he is, um, you know, increasing our means for helping. Maybe even increasing the impact of that. He's at least going to talk in the next section about various blessings and benefits to giving beyond the obvious. The obvious is now people have more, you know, their needs are met. But he sees that there's a greater harvest that the righteousness provides. Maybe he's already thinking about that. I'm not sure. Joe. In the quote of Psalm 112, he mentioned righteousness and glory three times there. Emphasis. The person is generous, who has been deliberate in what he's giving, is seen as righteous by God. And and that's the thing that's going to endure. Our money's not going to endure anyway. Uh, It's the righteousness that's going to endure. Good point. And you know, when you think about this, almost in everything, who would you bless with opportunities to serve? People who are going to use those. Who are you going to bless with open doors to preach the gospel? People who are going to use those open doors to preach the gospel, right? Does it make a lot of sense to give people a whole bunch of opportunities that aren't going to ever talk to anybody about the gospel? You know, I I just think in every area, you would expect more opportunities for those who really take advantage of the opportunities they have. So, you may say, well, I don't have much money. I can't help much. Well, can you help a little? Use what you do have. When God, you know, you know, I hire Sean to, to work for me in a really sensitive, you know, line of work. What job am I going to give him first? One that's going to totally bring down the whole company if he gets it wrong? Probably not. Probably going to test him on some really piddly stuff that doesn't really matter. I'm going to see, does he do it okay? Now I'm going to test him on something a little more significant, a little more significant. I'm not going to trust him something really big until I really have confidence in him. So, I mean, we need to use what we do have. And then God will give us more opportunities. The more resources he gives, the more responsibility we have. It's not always, a, you know, so much fun. And the more, the more generous God's been with us, the more decisions we have to make about how to do the, use those things responsibly in sowing. Sometimes that can get to be more challenging for us. Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, David was prospering and continued giving us the Lord. Yeah, I, I think in every area, that's the principle. How about 12 to 15? The ministry of the service is not only to be required to be sustained, but is also overflowing to many thanksgiving to God. Because of the truth given by this ministry, they will glorify God through your obedience and your confession of the gospel. 
Christ for the liberality of your contribution to them through all, while they also, by prayer on your behalf, yearn for your for you because of the surpassing grace of God well it's amazing to me what Paul was able to see in this collection he saw more in this than I would ever thought there was he says for the ministry of this service is not only fully supplying the needs fully supplying the needs of the saints now that's what I see you give the money and they're going to eat better they're going to have you know whatever they need they're going to their, their physical needs are going to be supplied. And yeah, it's doing that. But that's the tip of the iceberg. When you look at this, it's amazing what Paul sees in this. Not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing through many thanksgivings to God. So it spills over. It goes beyond the needs of the saints to all the thanksgivings given to God. So this is not just meeting practical needs. This leads the receiving brethren to thank God for what their brethren have done and for God giving them the means and the heart to give. You wouldn't have thought about that, would you? But that's a wonderful blessing. You know how much Paul's concerned about God being thanked for. So he sees this as being wonderful. It's a lot more than take, giving them something to eat. This is God being thankful. Well, it's more than that. He says, because of the proof given by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience to your confession of the gospel of Christ and for the liberality of your contribution to them and to all. They're going to glorify God because the generosity of this collection really shows them the progress of the gospel among the Gentiles. They're going to see this as an evidence of God's grace at work in the lives of these Gentile Christians who were giving to them. It'll help break down the suspicion and help them really glorify God. Wow, I never knew that God was doing such an amazing work in my brethren in Macedonia and Achaia and Galatia and that he was putting such a generous heart in them and God's just going to get way more honor because they're going to praise God for his work in the lives of these brethren. Of course, glorifying God is for Paul. That's just it. That's the, that's the high point. That's the best thing he could ever see happen. So this is really awesome. And he says, for the liberality of your contribution to them and to all. The word their contribution really is the word for fellowship. And I think the idea is that this is sort of unified and united them together. They develop this bond, this fellowship that they have with them and with all. And, uh, you know, obviously they didn't see each other. You know, they didn't know each other personally. But this gift solidifies this bond of fellowship and unity that they sense and feel with, with each other. You know, and especially these Jewish brethren are going to just see this as a product of, of, of God's work in their lives. Now, the idea that he speaks of their contribution and their fellowship 
And that he speaks of their prayers in verse 14, I think implies the contribution to them and to all, is to all brethren. Some people try to use this to say churches ought to financially support non-Christians. I don't think that's the point. You know, it's kind of a hijacking of the passage. But here I think clearly he's in the context of thinking about people who pray for them. But that's the next thing. While they also, by prayer on your behalf, yearn for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you. So they're going to pray for you. <laughs> you wouldn't have thought of that benefit, probably. But but that's what they're going to do. And, and they're going to yearn for you. They're going to have a lot of affection for you. And they see the grace of God in you. I mean, God's grace both gave them the spirit to give and gave them the resources to give. And so, they really, they love these brethren they never met when they see the evidence of God's grace working in them. And of course, God's grace is amazing. It's the surpassing grace of God. It is, there's, there's a whole lot of times in the Bible when words like grace and mercy and love when expressing God's grace and mercy and love have some sort of an intensifying adjective with them. You know, you just don't talk about the grace of God, you talk about the surpassing grace of God and the abundant mercy and things like that because even that's inadequate. So, but but you, you start looking for that, you find an awful lot of times where there's that intensifying adjective with those, those terms. And uh, then he says, thanks be to God. For his indescribable gift. We have not found that word indescribable in any Greek literature. It is possible that Paul coined that word right here. Maybe we just haven't found it. But it, it may be that he just invented the word. It was understandable. Kind of like we invent words sometimes. Everybody knows what we mean. But it's really not a word. That may be the case here. But, you know, all of our giving is really a reflection of the giving God's given to us. Not just God's giving us financially, but it's really a reflection of the amazing giving of God and giving His Son and giving salvation and giving hope and giving forgiveness and giving reconciliation and redemption. All the amazing things God's given, we give because He's given. You know, and it's like the gift of God, you could never really describe it. You couldn't ever really tell it adequately. You know, you just need to keep talking about it. You can't thank God enough. You can't praise Him enough. You can't sing to Him enough. You can never exhaust the reasons to praise God for His grace. His grace just goes beyond all measure of, of way to describe it or to, to appraise it. So, that's what Paul sees in this gift. He sees the needs supplied to the saints, the overflow through many thanksgivings to God, their glorifying God by the evidence of God's work in the lives of these brethren, the unifying fellowship between them, and the prayers they pray for you, all of that because they give a generous gift. That's, that's really amazing, really encouraging. Thoughts and comments? I think it's interesting how, as a, as a group, I guess, as a church, we push ourselves to be more and more conservative when the Bible oftentimes pushes us to be more liberal. Um, we see it in passages 
be more liberal, have more liberality in your giving. I think that 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 puts a puts a stumbling block in front of us. Sometimes we we are a lot more conservative than we should be in a lot of areas. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we need to be we need to be generous. We ought to want to be generous and think about the generosity God's had done us in every way. So that just inspires generosity. And you know, it just inspires that giving heart. Evan? I think generous giving. I mean, I think the limitation would be we give lovingly. So we don't give in a way to damage. We give in a way to help. So you might see parents, for example, who with their children are just determined they're going to have everything. They just give them everything they ever wanted, ever thought about. That's not helpful for the child. That's not loving. may make the parents feel better. But our giving needs to be loving. So it's for the benefit of the recipient. Not to create some dependency or to manipulate. But we're, but we're giving for the sake of, of those we're giving to. So I think as we regulate it lovingly, then we, we're gen- as generous as we can be in a loving way. In a way that's trying to be beneficial to the ones that we're giving to. Eric. Yes. Yes. So really our grace, our giving, is surrounded by God's grace and giving to us. It is a reflection of what God's done for us. Right. Yeah, okay, yes. I mean, obviously, what we do shows God in us. It doesn't matter so much what they think, as that we are really living faithfully. They may not even like us, but we want to have the right spirit and qualities. And to the extent they care and have a good heart, they're going to see that. Awesome. And I think he might even spread further, clear back to chapter 2, when he loses Titus and he's taken to Macedonia, and that door is open. And this gift of just the Macedonians as, as a whole is, is really a blessing to him. And he's thankful for them. And do we say that about one another? Are we thankful for one another and, and the opportunities, like you've already said, the opportunities that we have in this room today and this week? And we want to take these blessings, even of opportunities like these, and use these blessings to strengthen ourselves to be able to serve and give and help and love and build up. You know, all that God gives us, even spiritually, 
ought to be a motivation for us to give ourselves to others and to serve them more. Right. Thanks and joy grow throughout the letter. Yes. Very good. Other thoughts and comments? Joe? Uh, I, I, I call this good gossip. Uh, I like the way that Paul has commended that the Macedonians and the Corinthians and has bragged that vice versa. Uh, I don't see it as manipulating, but it's motivating. And I wonder if maybe we should spend a lot more time telling about the good things that churches are doing instead of talking about the problems in the churches we might actually be more encouraging to spark further good work. Yeah, amen. I, I think that's exactly right. That Paul telling the Macedonians about the generous beginning in Corinth, telling the Corinthians about the sacrificial giving of the Macedonians, those are the right kinds of things to do. I, I am inspired by good lessons. I mean, you think about these Macedonians and wow, that's motivational and that's encouraging. I like hearing about that. I've always enjoyed reports on, you know, evangelism in hard places and overseas and things like that. You know, can remember even years ago, you know, hearing people like Robert Small talk about the work in China. And that was back, you know, when it was just beginning and wow, there were inspiring stories and things I still remember from that that encouraged me. It's like, wow. You know, brethren willing to go through hard things, and, and uh, so there's just a lot of uh, a lot of benefit in telling good things. I like that good gossip. Uh, those are the kinds of things that are wonderful to be able to share. And uh, good, good, good lesson from this. There's a lot of ways to analyze these passages and see lessons. Other thoughts? <laughs> yes. Take a break here in a second for some.